Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4 is where we'll start out tonight. We'll be in, oh, probably a different verse or two for each thing, but we're writing, or Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and uh, he's, he's done a good job. He's written back, this is the first of the letters. But he's writing of his care for them. He's writing some direction for them. He's writing uh, to encourage them. And in chapter 4 is where we'll, we'll start and we'll read this first verse and then pick our thought from here. First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus... That as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. So ye would abound more and more. I, I like the way he's uh, introduced this and brought this in. He gives them the very, uh, in a way it's a compliment, but he's also reminding them. And he's obviously speaking because he says, brethren, so he's speaking to those fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And he reminds them, he exhorts them by the Lord Jesus, so the, with the authority that God has given him as a preacher, as, a, as uh, the speaker to them, he says, with all that authority, we just want to remind you how you ought to walk to please God. And indeed, I believe that's a, a pastor's, and in a preacher's responsibility, especially the pastor's responsibility, just to remind, uh, a lot of times we, you get, oh, well, you get certain uh, pastors or you get some preachers, some evangelists that, that get on a, a, a war path and, and pick certain things. I, I just like the way Paul writes it here. I just like to let the Holy Spirit lead in that regard. I think that's the, that's the Holy Spirit's job. But he says, hey, I, I exhort you, I beseech you and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. So it's already been told, church, it's already been told. We know these things. But here's the, here's the, the focus I want to look at tonight. So you would abound more and more, more and more, not just a little bit. Not just a little bit. And that's what I'm going to preach on tonight with this thought of not just a little bit. All right? There's, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, we can use and we can do, we can experience, we can try, and they're fine in moderation. Uh, everything really is fine in moderation. You know, we talk about food. Food's wonderful, by the way. And uh, food is great, but it's best in moderation. Amen? <laughs> Uh, coming off the holidays, everybody's going, amen. <laughs> you know, uh, lots of things. The internet. Internet can be a wonderful tool in moderation. You know, an automobile. Wonderful invention in moderation. Anything like that. Uh, and so, you know, just a little bit is pretty much a good way to look at things in life and the things that we have and the things that we use, the things that we're coming across. But there are some things in a Christian's life 
that we would say, no, 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 like the Apostle Paul, not just a little bit. Let's go for the gold. Let's go for the gusto. If you remember, as, as uh, he was writing uh, to the church, I believe it's at Ephesus, and he was telling them uh, to stand. Stand, therefore, with your loins girt about you. Stand. Then, you know, okay, so you've gone through all these things. You've gone through everything you need uh, to be a soldier for the Lord, a, 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 you know, in the Lord's army. Then stand. Not just a little bit. Don't just lean over. Don't just, you know, have the voice, have the, you know, the, the strength to stand. And so we're going to look at this, you know, some, just some things that we should have, not just a little bit. More and more, Paul puts it this way. And, and you think about this. We, we have this idea that Paul says how you ought to walk and please God so you would abound more and more. All right? So pleasing God is one of those things that would help us so that we abound more and more. God wants us to have life. He wants us to have a good life. He wants to have a life that's abound and bountiful life. He wants to have us to have things that are just completely full. And so this is what Paul's reminding them of. You know, some of the things we'll look at tonight, Second um, Peter's our next place. If you go to Second Peter, now bear with me, I've got a, a, a new Bible coming into 2020, and my pages are still not used to my fingers. So Second Peter in chapter 3, verse number 18 in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 18, uh, he's reminded this, Peter is writing this, not Paul, but he's writing, he says, but grow in grace. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, here's something, folks. This is not just a little bit. All right? Uh, years ago, there was a commercial, and there's, uh, I'd even had preached a message a while back, maybe it's been several years, I don't know, but uh, when I was a kid growing up, I know that most of the fellas, you've heard it. Now, Nathan probably hasn't, but remember the Brill Cream commercials? What was the tagline? A little dabble do ya, okay? Uh, when it comes to this thing of growing in grace, no, not just a little dab. Not a little dab. You know, when uh, we're supposed to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, not just a little bit. No, not just a little bit. More and more. Paul puts it this way, so that we abound more and more. What are we supposed to do? Hey, we're supposed to grow awesomely. Layer upon layer. Keep growing. A Christian never really gets there, okay? Until we've drawn our first breath there. Amen? So we grow. It's kind of like a, a candle when I was a youngster, my sister and I, we would we had um, uh, one of these things we'd gotten it, I don't know, somewhere, and made candles. And we had an uncle who lived in, in uh, Defiance, Ohio. And somehow he got to us these big sheets of wax. And it was made for candle wax. They come in like, I don't know, that wide and about yay tall, so thick of candle wax. Of course, you had to take a hammer, break it up, melt it down. And we would sit there for hours, dipping 
the wick, layer by layer to get the candle to be the thickness we wanted. All right, some of you are understanding, yeah, yeah, that's how we're supposed to grow. We don't get to a certain point and go, well, okay, I had that class. I remember that class on Daniel when I was in the fifth grade. I don't need that anymore. Nope, we're to grow in grace. We're to grow, and, and, and we're growing every facet, layer after layer after layer. Peter's speaking, speaking specifically about grace. But if there's any area that a Christian really needs to grow in these days, it's grace. We get to a certain point and our patience level with non-Christians, our patience level with other Christians seems to be a non-existent sometimes. And we need to grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Think about this. How is his grace? It's boundless. It's limitless. There's no end to his grace. Which is a good thing because then you and I know we can be saved. And you and I know that we can be forgiven. You and I know that, that when we even mess up horribly, God's grace is still sufficient. Amen? And so we're to grow that way. We're, we're to be that. We're not to be, you know, don't be satisfied with, you know, in the illustration I use, don't be satisfied with just a few dips in the, okay, well, I'm, I, I, I've been good. I had a really good year last year. Yeah, nobody got on my nerves, so I, I have grace all sorted out. No, you don't. You know, grace is like anything else. It's a lifelong thing. Continue to grow in. You know, Peter is, is, is written this letter, and he's, he's closing out this second letter the epistle with this very thought. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, not just a little bit. Grow continuously. Grow continuously. Grow in grace and also the knowledge. We talked about this this morning. The only real way to get knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is to love him, honor him, worship him, read his word be in God's word. You can hear it. You can hear, granted, you can hear the preacher go on. You can hear, you know, evangelists go, missionaries go on and on and on. And, and, and it, typically it goes in one ear and out the other. Occasionally, and this is, this is true, you nod your heads if you, occasionally there will be a nugget that goes through there. A, a, a golden nugget that you keep and you write down. And, and I, you know, this, I, I'd show you, but this is the new one. And so I don't have anything written in the front. But the other Bible I've had since I was ordained, it's finally, it's not given of the ghost. It's finally deserved its right place to keep the cover on. But uh, it's full of those golden nuggets, all right? And, but it's those nuggets that they're golden and such, but they can never replace the daily knowledge that you get from re reading in God's word and talking with the Lord about it. You know, it, it, we were thinking about, um, you know, what this morning is talking about reading God's word and to know it, to study it, to show yourself approved unto God. And, and we get to this point and, and there's, there's just so much in God's word to learn. And I don't know how many times I've read through the Bible. I don't know how many times certain passages, there are some passages in the Bible that I've probably read 
a thousand times. I don't know. I just, because there's a passage. But every time you do, there's something new there. And that's wonderful. So we have no problem. You can never say, you know, as, as we talked about, you know, if you're, gonna, if you're going to uh, grow, if you're going to grow in grace, that's wonderful. That's a daily exercise. If you're going to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, that's daily as well. Because what you've already established, you've never arrived. Is anybody here? I mean, help me out. Maybe there is. Somebody here now knows everything in the Bible? Understands it all? Good, because uh, you can come up here and preach out a Song of Solomon then. There's one we were talking this week. That's a little preached book, you know, and, and a lot of times commentators don't even want to touch part of it, and I don't, I don't understand. So that's another one of my goals for the year is to get in and study that. Why? Because I want to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, another opportunity. Isaiah chapter 55. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 2. Growing in grace and the knowledge. And this verse, if you think, well, I've got just a little bit. I don't need to get overboard. I don't need this. But Isaiah chapter 55, look what he says. And God's man is talking about spiritual matters, okay? Let's go right to verse 1. Let's just get the context of all. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Come ye, buy wine and milk without money and without price. That's not literally buying the wine and the milk and the bread and sort of without money. He's talking about the knowledge, the spiritual growth, the spiritual food, right? Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Now I like that. I like taking that verse out of context. <laughs> but, it, but in context, it doesn't mean that at all. It means why, why you're cheating yourself. If this is all available to you. This is all part of what you have, and this is what God wants you to have, and he wants to give you the fullness of life, that abundant more and more. He wants us to abound more and more in his will, his way. All right, so indeed, you know, let thy soul delight in fatness. Obviously, he's talking about the grace of God and not food. All right, but indeed, uh, if it were, if, if calories were found in the scripture, every time you read, there'd still be so many anemic Christians, it wouldn't be funny. You know, it, it, we indeed need to continue. And, 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 and in the knowledge and growing, you know, it just have to, not just a little bit. In, in growing in God, a little bit will not do you. You've got to continue on. First Thessalonians, back in back to chapter four again, first Thessalonians. Paul, even though he uh, is exhorting them this, look how he's also speaking of some way uh, concerning how a Christian ought to indeed abound more and more. Verse number nine. Look at verse nine and ten with me. 
But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you. Now, uh, most people will, you know, they'll preach on this and talk about how commended, you know, Paul is commending the church at Thessaloniki. And, and that's good. He is. And they are, indeed, he's even mentioned, you don't need that I would write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. All right? And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. You know, just a little brotherly love isn't going to cut it. Well, just a little brotherly love isn't going to cut it. It runs very thin. Grow. You know, not just a little bit. Have a lot of brotherly love. All right? You, we get, you've got to get past the point of human nature because the old man has past the new man is in you need to get past the old nature which says well that person angered me I used to like them they've really kind of upset me right now so I'm not gonna you know uh, no I'm not gonna go visit well you know what Christ's word and Christ himself tells us that we are to love one another as Christ loved the church we are to love one another we are to love one another as we love ourselves we are to love one another to a point. I mean, the point is to Christ, the way he loves. And we get to a certain point and we say, well, that's, that relationship's over because they, they've offended me or whatever it is. No, no, we don't have that. That's not part of Christ-like life. It is not a part of Christ-like life. So what does that mean? What are we, how are we supposed to get there? How are we supposed to, you know, this person has really done something. Well, first of all, choose not to be offended. All right? And then second of all, go to that one who may have offended you or did whatever that normally would offend anybody else and go to them and face-to-face -face deal with that in a loving manner. You know, Matthew chapter 18 is chock full of if a brother offendeth thee. All right? It, it, and there's a reason God has put that in there. Devote, de, you know, devoted almost a whole entire chapter to it. It's because he knows us. You know, I, I'm sure that it's not in his plan as our creator to have created us in the manner with, oh, and then put a little bit of spitefulness, anger, bitterness and I'll get you, I'll get even in them. That's not what God does. Because that's not Christ. We're supposed to be Christ-like. Then be Christ-like. Can you imagine if Christ himself had human nature to the point where he could act like we do? You know that, that guard that punched him in the face? That one that pulled his beard? Well, the one stuck that crown of thorns on his head. Oh, yeah. If he, Christ had our nature of that, you know there'd have been 10,000 angels called down. Yeah, there's nobody on earth that would allow that to happen. And Christ did. Christ like love. Imagine this, you know, it, it just amazing. You know, uh, brotherly love. More and more. Not just a little bit. More and more. Grow your Christian love. Luke has a, a, a wonderful thing God has given to Luke. In Luke chapter 17, if you'd turn with me there. 
Luke chapter 17, and this ties right in with that brotherly love. All right, it, it goes hand in hand. And matter of fact, you cannot have this without brotherly love, and you cannot have brotherly love without this. Let's look at Luke chapter 17 and verse number 4. All right, Luke is writing here about a brother trespassing against thee. Back it up to verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. Okay, is there a, what's the rest of that sentence after that, forgive him? There isn't any more. There's a period there. Forgive him. Sounds to me like a command. Sounds to me like that's, what, that's the plan. There's not an if or only if or if you feel like it. But the, it continues on. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Okay, we get all going in Old Testament. We get into Exodus chapter 20, right? Is it 12, 20? 12, 10 commandments. We get into 10 commandments. Thou shalt this, thou shalt that. We call it the commandments, right? Well, notice the wording here at the end of verse number five, or excuse me, verse number four. Thou shalt forgive him. All right, so brotherly love. Brotherly love, not just a little bit. Forgiveness, not just a little bit. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself this year, growing in Christ. We want to see Christ clearly. You know, one way you can see Christ clearly is learn to forgive as Christ forgives. And when you think, I can't do that, then put yourself in a position where Christ was at. Put yourself in a position where you are getting beaten you are being nailed to a cross. You have a spear stuck in your side. And then tell me how you can't forgive them because it's just too much. You know, I, and, and you know what? I'm just a preacher. Why don't you tell God? Why don't you tell Jesus how you can't forgive that one who said something or didn't like your cookie recipe or, you know, well, I'm not going to that church anymore because that preacher, he put, he put Noah in the belly of the whale. Do you know how many times Noah's been in the belly of the whale and my, my lips don't always say? you know how many times I'll get a verse backwards and such? Sure, because I'm humid, all right? But indeed, yeah. But that's the little things like that that people do. I was reminded we were kind of got a chuckle. The, the pastor that was, it's in Kalamazoo at Temple Baptist Church, he, he, was, we were, he was talking about the reason people leave churches. And he goes, oh, it's just hilarious. There, there ought to be a book written by preachers, by pastors. Just simple little, you know, no, nothing explanatory, just, just little, why the excuses people use why they leave a church. Now his past, this guy's name is, is Rick Morelli. And Rick Morelli had a person leave the church because they thought he was connected to the mob because he's Italian and he's from Detroit. I thought he was joking. But then he made it very clear. His wife even agreed. Yes, that's, that was one of the, the things. Yes, you know. 
<laughs> you just forgive that kind of silliness. You know, you just go on and just kind of shake your head and go, wow, you know. But the, how, it's the same thing. You, you, the, people get so bent out of shape over certain things that matter not, and yet they'll never reach the forgiveness stage. First of all, the person should go to that one. If it, you know, if they left the church because Rick Morelli was a, a, a Italian mobster from Detroit, they should have probably checked with Rick Morelli to ask Rick Morelli if he's an Italian mob. Is he linked to the mob? You know. Yeah, I got garbage trucks on the back. You know, I don't know. I just, uh, I mean, oh, there's, I mean, here it's happened. Here it's happened, you know, as, as far as the silliness that people go, you forgive them, though. You know, uh, your pastor took out a whole new loan, a whole new mortgage on the fellowship center. Did you know that? I didn't either. <laughs> but that was one of the reasons that in our in our exodus is you know or whatever it's called you know the uh that was given as to why they left the church because they had heard that i had taken out a new mortgage for the fellowship center now that is so just impossible on so many levels but indeed and they had heard well go to the pastor amen, amen. find out you know if they would have asked, I would have split some of that money I got. <laughs> but anyway, you know what? It, it, and, and the thing is, the truth of this and, and is, is that you never would have known that, but it came out as that wonderful illustration in the point. And no, I will not tell you who it was. All right? It, it's, not, it's none of your business. And, and there was and, and nothing but forgiveness, you know, so indeed, forgive. If we go, and not just a little bit, okay? If, if you can forgive the little things in life, you just keep working on those little things, forgiving, forgiving, and you get into that habit, and it's just like when you're learning from the Word of God, you just get into a habit, and the next thing you know, you're learning, 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 and you're going right up, and you've got a tempo going now, and you're reading the Word, and it becomes part of your day, and it's like, wow, I can't do this day without this. And the same thing. Wow, I cannot go through an experience with a, a brother or sister in Christ or someone if I, I can't do this with them because I've not forgiven them yet or I've not asked them to forgive me yet. And that's the way you, the Lord would have it. That's what he wants us to do. And, and watch this, not just in forgiveness, just a little bit. Continue on. We're in chapter 17 of Luke. Let's go down to verse number six. The Lord said, if you had faith, as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamore, sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Faith, not just a little bit. All right, not just a little bit. When it comes to faith, a little bit's not going to do you. You got to have faith. You, you don't know what's coming down the road. You have no clue what's coming down the road. And so as you build your faith today, on a good day, you just keep building your faith and building your faith and building your faith in the Lord because I guarantee you, He has never let you down. It's not in His abilities. It's one of those things people often say is, uh, is there anything impossible with God? 
Is there anything impossible with God? And I, I know it's a trick kind of question, but yeah, letting me down. That's impossible. God can't let me down. If I feel God let me down, no, no, I just did. I did it myself. I've done something, you know. Indeed, your faith grows, grows, grows. You get to a certain point, you know, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you get to a certain point and you're going to need all that faith practice. You know, whether it's a, a bad diagnosis, whether it's a, a, that call from the police in the middle of the night, are you the parent of? You know, whether it's, whether it, it, you know, you never know. Uh, we're still fighting a battle. There are still several people that have relatives in the military. Kevin's still active duty. You don't know about when that chaplain and when that officer are going to come with your pastor to come visit you. You just don't know. You're going to need your faith then. You're going to need that reliance in the Lord to carry you because you're not going to be able to stand up. There's no strength in your body to get you to stand up, to go over to, to, do, to get a cup of coffee because of those times. You never know. You know, we, we're living in a, in a world right now that, yes, our country, we're on an economic boom. Everything's going really well, all right, and, and, and all this. But you don't know when you get to work one day and the boss just says, I'm sorry, but we've downsized your position. That's not a good thing. It's not a fun thing to go through. It's a difficult thing. And then you're going to say, well, what's faith got to do with that? Well, you just know God's got your back. He's going to cover you. He's going to take care of this. He will be there to provide for your needs. He'll do that. But you know, you got to develop that faith. And it's not a matter of God saying, well, you don't have the faith, therefore I'm not going to do it. No, you've got to have that, develop that faith so that you know until the moment God does it that you're still covered, you're still okay, you're going well, and it will be fine. That's why you have faith. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians another thing, that, not just a little bit. 2 Corinthians, go here with me. Chapter number 8. Now, if you've been to any mission conferences, you go, oh, I remember these, these verses. Sure. Chapter number 8, 2 Corinthians. It's all about what? Giving. Giving. Chapter 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren... We do you to wit, and in other words, we want you to witness, we know that you witness, the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. I'm not talking political liberality. All right? For to their power... I bear record, and yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. In so much that we desired Titus, 
that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. What does that mean? They did it so well that we sent letters to Titus. We asked them to teach you this same thing, to show you the same example. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, See that you abound in this grace also. The grace of giving. Not just a little bit. You know, I was pretty skeptical. I guess there was a little bit of prophecy or foreknowledge in Frank and Mary Lou Isaacson. They named me Thomas. And I'm a little bit skeptical sometimes, but as growing up, I often used to think I'd, I'd, I'd watch these these uh, guys on TV as you're flipping through the channels and they're, you know, you get TV preachers banging on and begging for money. Radio, you go down and you get down to the lower end of the radio station. I don't know why they always hide them down there, but the Christian stations and they're always asking for money. And all this, that, and so it became a thing. It was ingrained in me that, boy, those, and I call them Protestants, you know, those Protestants, they're always asking for money. And Baptists were involved in all, they're always asking for money, 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 money. And, and so a lot of times when you think about this, that's what the world looks at when the preacher starts talking about money. But I, I got to tell you, this preacher's grown to the point where when this preacher's talking about money, he's really talking about obedience to God. Because that's what it is. I don't want, you know, uh, uh, sure, <laughs> I would love a six-digit salary. And not all zeros, please. <laughs> like, the first one's got to have at least a one. Okay, I would love a six-digit salary. I would love a shiny new car. I would love, buy me an airplane. That's worked for somebody, I think it was. Or maybe he got a helicopter, I don't know. Okay, all that kind of stuff. But it's not about that, okay? I'm just teasing. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, it's about the obedience for the church, the tithe, giving, faith promise. You know, with the tithe, yes, the technicality, the nuts and bolts of it is this what keeps the microphone making noise because we pay the electric bill and the lights are on. So it keeps the doors closed and the windows keeping the weather out, etc. Okay, and all that stuff. But it is God's desire that we learn the responsibility of obedience. And we do that through tithing. If God didn't think we would ever have a problem with money, if he looked upon his creation and said, oh, they, money's no problem for them, we'll, we'd be doing something else. We would. We'd hear preaching on something else besides tithing. God would have come up with some other thing to, to, to show us how that we can be obedient through sacrifice. Some people call it sacrifice. Well, I'm sacrificially giving. No, 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 you're tithing. That's just being obedient. It's when you give beyond that, now that becomes the sacrificial giving, the faith promise, the extra you put in uh, because the Lord has put it on your heart. It's that, you know, it's this giving, you know, not just a little bit. Oh, I, I, I look back on, on my days before I, I learned to tithe. And I learned what God's word said about tithing. And therefore, then I, it, was, it was really, and maybe it's because I'm just sold out to the Lord. But as soon as I had learned about what this tithing was all about, 
we agree that we're tithing. There's no question. There's no, well, can we afford to? Can't afford not to. You know, I want God's blessings. I want my dryer to last longer. You know, I want, uh, praise the Lord, we're driving a 10-year-old vehicle. It's still moving. Amen. It gets us to Michigan and back, you know, several times. And praise the Lord for that. Uh, because I think it's, we're obedient to God and he blesses. You know, it's wonderful. We, we grow in this grace of giving and not just a little bit. Like I was starting to say, you know, before I understood tithing and all that, I was thinking, I was so puffed up, I'd put a $20 bill in the plate if I had one, you know. I mean, if there's a 50, forget it, you know. But if I had a 20 or if I could, if I really had to a 10, then I'd go that route thinking, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I had no clue, no concept. Because it wasn't taught in the church I was in that it was obedience to God. And I want, I want, getting back to our our theme of our verse tonight, you know, I want to abound more and more in the grace of God. So, not just a little bit in our grace of giving. And finally, we'll have this. We're still in, let's go back to Luke. We were in 2 Corinthians. Let's go, let's go, uh, uh, let's see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change things up. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I've got a number of things we can all grow in. Maybe if I don't use them all tonight, we can share them in another time. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at the, the end of the chapter, verse 57. We're going to grow. If you, if you really want... There's just some things a little bit won't do. Growing in the work of the Lord. Verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's that word abounding again. Abounding. Wants us to be abounding. That means not just a little bit. Here, in growing in the work of the Lord and doing the work of the Lord, just a little bit won't do. You know, granted, I understand. I understand that God has called men and some women and some Choir, you know, uh, well, choirs, men and women. <laughs> you know, God has called people to various positions, and I realize that not everyone will be called to full time ministry. I realize that not everyone is called to preach. We're, 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 God desires we would preach. Yes, that's sharing the gospel, that's giving a witness, giving a testimony. Okay, but I realize as far as we would look at the term of preacher, God's not called that. Someone has to be sitting in the pews to receive that word, all right? However, no matter what it is, do it as unto the Lord. We see this. Know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Do it abundantly. Have us, look at this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, 
Be steadfast, unmovable. You know what? A person who sort of gives service to the Lord is very movable. Very movable. Well, yeah, I, I guess I could do a little bit of this or a little bit. Oh, that's just too easy. Sell out to the Lord. Really, sell out to the Lord. You know, it doesn't mean that, okay, oh boy, if I sell out to the Lord and pastor knows that, then I'm always going to be the one shoveling snow and picking kids up for jam club and cleaning and doing this. I, I'll never get a break. No, that's not it at all. Uh, no. Selling out to the Lord in that regard of, of doing more and more, not just a little bit in the way of being unmovable, being steadfast, abounding in the work of the Lord. That's a blessing to a pastor. It's a blessing to you. It's a matter of being usable, being teachable, being Christ. You know, not just a little bit. What if Jesus just, you know, you see these commercials <laughs> On, and, and they're getting really annoying right now because they're on all the time. You see this commercial from some, I think it's some insurance company about just being okay. He said, like, you get the guy going to the dentist, you know, and is he any good? Well, he's okay. Okay? You know, I'm thinking about it this way, you know. Uh, <laughs> Kelly's up at uh, cancer treatment centers in Chicago quite often. What if your doctor was just okay? No, it doesn't. You, she had one of those, just okay. All right, just okay. Uh, is, show of hands, anybody had a just okay experience with a doctor? Just okay? A loser doctor? Yeah, just okay. How about a just okay? Well, no, I'm not going to go there because I'm, I'm up here preaching. So I'm going to say, Anybody had just an oh, just okay preacher? But no, I mean, you just, just okay doesn't get it in the work of the Lord. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, he's just okay. No, abounding more and more, abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because you know that your labor's not in vain in the Lord. What you do here has reward. You don't have to look for the reward here. In fact, you're better off not looking for the reward here. Do things quietly. Do things in a manner that you're not seeking everyone to pat you on the back. Let the Lord do that. You know, what's a blessing? You know, you think you just getting back, we'll close up with this. That Go back to that very first verse we looked at, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren... You could just, without doing damage to the word, you could put your name there if you're a brother or sister in Christ. We beseech you, Thomas. We beseech you, Terry. We beseech you, Mara. We beseech you, Penny. Can you get my point? I'll go through and name everybody so I don't leave you out. <laughs> but you get my point. You exhort you by the Lord Jesus. We're, we're, basically, we're begging you with the authority of Christ in us that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and please God, so you would abound more and more. That's a pastor talking. Indeed, Grace Bible, 
It's wonderful. The Lord's already taken words, put them in place here for me so y'all can have them in your hand. I beseech you, exhort you, that as you have received of me, the preacher, how you ought to walk and please God so you would abound more and more. You know what? That sounds so chintzy because God's asking you that. But when the preacher asks you, you know, I'm not God. You can always try to, you know, follow what the preacher said as long as he's following what the word says. But you and I are holding in our hands what God has given to you. I haven't. I'm just reading it. But you, you have that. That's why I say put your name there. It's from the Lord. Why? So you would abound more and more. Get busy for the Lord. Get growing, you know. Hey, get fat. Get back to that second point. Get fat, you know. My soul delight in fatness, you know. <laughs> and I'm not going to look at anybody in the eye when I say that. <laughs> but indeed, the very truth of the word, oh, fill up. You know, if, you, if you're going to go ahead and, and do anything, the best thing to do is err on the side of following the Lord. Growing, growing, growing. A couple of years ago, I think it was just, no, actually it was last year, Grow in Grace was our theme. Seeing Christ clearly will be the theme for this year. In order to do that, there's things he wants us to do and do in a big way, not just a little bit. 